Steve Erbauer, and this is Steve Erbauer's Grateful Dead Podcast. This is episode number three. I know I'm firing kind of hard and fast here, but you know what? I'm kind of having fun with this, and uh, my work is done for the day, and it was either sit back in the easy chair and watch a little TV or come and hang out with y'all. So I thought, what the heck? This is kind of a work in progress, and I've been thinking about it. So here I am. I thought that uh, if I was going to keep doing this, maybe I'd add a little polish to the production and most of the podcasts that I listen to have some sort of theme music. So I've been trying to think of, you know, something that I would like to do for that. And lo and behold, in the record store this week, I found an LP by Crazy Auto. Uh, Some of you may recognize that name. And so I had to, I bought it naturally. And, uh, and I had to do a little bit of research just to see, you know, what, what, who is this crazy auto character? And it turns out that there are probably two of them. Uh, the first one uh, is a German guy named Fritz Schultz-Reichel. hope I'm saying that right. Uh, and he recorded this kind of music uh, in the early 1950s. And then an American guy uh, named Johnny Maddox made a medley of his songs entitled The Crazy Auto Medley. And this uh, did well on the U.S. charts. So sometimes when you hear Crazy Auto, it could be Fritz or it could be Johnny. I'm not entirely certain which one uh, Robert Hunter was referencing. But anyway, uh, so I chose uh, one of the Crazy Auto tunes for the theme song for this show for the time being. Anyway, because it just seems appropriate. It's kind of old. It's just old sounding, you know, and uh, I think to a lot of people, the Grateful Dead are old sounding. So what the heck, right? And uh, on that note, I decided that for tonight's show, I was going to wade into the 90s a little bit. And don't groan. Don't don't start with that, because I think that, you know, you're in for a treat. Um, I've done the 70s and done the 80s, and I assure you we're going to get into the 60s and all that. Uh, There's a lot of ground to cover. So just everybody hang out and just kind of relax, because I I really think that you're going to enjoy tonight's music. Uh, this is, I'm going to pull this from two shows, 821 and 2293 from Autzen Stadium in Eugene, Oregon. This was, uh, these were daytime shows and folks, let me tell you, this was just the weirdest 72 hours of my life. Probably, um, you know, the home base may be, you know, San Francisco, Marion County area, but, uh, Eugene is Keezy country. And uh, the family was in full effect there. All the merry pranksters that were still around were there. Um, And there was just, there was camping allowed. I mean, despite the fact that there were tens of thousands of people there. I mean, it was a stadium show. It was just, uh, I I think it was one of those homecomings of sorts. Maybe not uh, physically, but certainly spiritually. And uh, I think that the band and the crowd all, you know, kind of responded to that. I know that it certainly meant a lot to me at the time. I do think that being in Zaz, this is a smack dab in the middle of the Vince years that we are going to have to address the Vince situation. And my two cents on Vinny is that the poor guy just never stood a chance. I mean, I said in the first podcast that Keith was like the guy for the time. Vince, he just wasn't the guy for the time in the band and, and, why they hired him, I think, is mostly just because he could sing high harmonies and he could pick up the material, and they just absolutely did not have it in them collectively to go through a long series of auditions. I mean, I really think they were like, can you do it? Beautiful. Let's, fine, whatever. 
But I mean, let's in hindsight, maybe that wasn't the best choice. I mean, he hung tough. Vince did the best he could, but I, in my, this is just my opinion. I just don't think he ever really got it, you know? And, and on top of that, he, Vince just had pretty serious personal issues. I mean, when they, when he signed onto the dead, he was living in a barn. That should tell you something folks. And the guy just wasn't used to having money and he was a little either loosely or tightly sprung, depending on how you look at it. And so, you know, I, I think that they did the best they could. Everybody did the best they could. You know, um, I, I, I think that they probably didn't have it in them to once they hired him to fire him. So they just kept on, you know, um, the dead were certainly a creature of habit and of just, I mean, I think at times they just would shrug their shoulders and say, well, the gigs are booked. Let's go, you know. So here we are. And, you know, Vince Welnick, certain, or rather uh, Bruce Hornsby, certainly helped out there for a couple years. And then uh, he took off to go do his thing and, and left Vince as the solo player. And, you know, to be fair, Vinny did step up, man. I mean, he, he had some moments. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think it was just one of those things like, yeah, he wasn't the best, but he's there. And so we'll deal with it. Uh, so that's that's my take on Vince. That being said, it wasn't all bad in 93. Uh, they had some new tunes. They seemed to have kind of a, a new lease on life. They seemed to have a new muse, a new purpose. They were playing with purpose. They were trying. And that, you know, it, it's been said many times, it didn't really matter what they were playing as long as they were playing it. And they were certainly, I, they were putting effort into it. And they were trying to be active. And, and that's really something for a band that's been together for 28 years that didn't just slogging out the hits, you know. They were trying to, they were trying. And so you got to give them that. And I think these two shows are really great examples of that. I don't know if it was the presence of old friends or what, but the weather was perfect. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was just nice. It was one of those days where I just walked into the, the stadium thinking, how could this go wrong? You know, and, and the, the boys brought it and they were just really great times. I'm going to start off with basically a truncated i'm gonna edit out uh the second set of the first night 821 uh with a really excellent china writer to start things off and then i'm gonna skip over to the post drums and just go straight into the last time standing on the moon and uh, one more saturday night uh folks the standing on the moon in this if you haven't heard it get out your headphones or your stereo or whatever preferably a big stereo and turn it up loud because anybody that says the dead didn't play with authority in the nineties hasn't heard this. It's amazing. Do not skip the standing on the moon because it's one of my all time favorite bits of grateful dead music ever. And, uh, I think you'll see why here, uh, right now, here we go. Thank you. 
I can see 
How about that, folks? Not too shabby. I really enjoy that. Uh, well, that standing on the moon just knocked my socks off, and uh, it still does today. So with that, we'll move right on to the 22nd. And as good as the 21st is, really is just warm up for the next day. They really bring their A game here. We're going to start off right at the beginning of the second set. Uh, if you're interested and want to hunt down through Live Music Archive, the first set, you should check out the Jack Straw sometime just because it's probably the longest one ever. Weir's guitar has issues and the rest of the band just keeps playing while he gets all that sorted out. And it's kind of cool to hear, but for the sake of brevity, I'm going to move right along. We're going to play Help on the Way, Slipknot, Franklin's Tower, Ship of Fools, and I'm going to fade in on the drums and space because it's good and loud. And that goes into the wheel. I need a miracle. Days between and not fade away. The 821 recording was a straight digital soundboard. This one is a matrix of the digital soundboard and a really excellent audience recording because as much, you know, the soundboards obviously are crisp and clear, but I, I really like the spaciousness that the audience recording gives here. So uh, you'll notice these are sonic, this recording is a little bit different sonically, and that's just because of the, the matrix aspect of it. I think it's about 35%. Uh, audience recording it's a digital audience so it's synced up perfectly um and i just think i like the way it sounds so if it sounds hey this sounds a little different that's why so anyway uh this is good stuff and uh help on the way is a little rickety at first it takes them a minute to kind of find the timing but i assure you it gets sorted out pretty quickly and it's just gravy from there folks so i hope you enjoy here's 822 <laughs> Thank you. 
the turn for golden streets. Your eyes looked from your mother's face. My flowers seed in a sandstorm. May the fall winds roll you safely home.
falling down the lighthouse key. Wildflower seed in the sand and wind. And folk is rose you over here.
first believe you Now I cannot share Thank you. 
Little bit farther, just a little bit more. A little bit 
Phantom ships with phantom sails Set to sea on phantom tides Comes the lightning of the sun On bright unfocused eyes Where 
stood up on a mountaintop Walked barefoot to the snow Give the best we had to give How much we'll never know Never know
have it folks grateful dead live from Autzen stadium in eugene oregon august 21st and 22nd of 1993 i was fortunate enough to attend both those concerts and i assure you a good time was had by all thanks for tuning in and i will catch you next time have a great night thanks (music) 